Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's Word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview so that you can trust the sufficiency of Scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Happy 100th episode, everyone! Kelly and Chelsea here, so very excited to be recording episode number 100. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, Kelly. It definitely feels like a really big accomplishment. So give us some stats on the podcast. What year did you start this podcast? Well, episode one came out on April 5th, 2019. So basically, this episode is about one week shy of four years of podcasting. And for fun, I went back and listened to episode number one again. And just a couple things. Uh, First, we've come a long way in audio quality. So for that, of course, we have to thank my husband, Ryan. Number two, Chelsea, it's definitely better with you. Aww, I need like a sound machine. (laughs) It was, you know, easy and, and simple with just me. But at the same time, it is better to have another voice. And the third thing I noticed is that TikTok has come a long way. You know, I talked about TikTok in the very first episode. And while some aspects are the same with the app, a lot of details have changed. Like you could make in-app purchases with coins and influencers were called stars. I don't even remember that, but I talked about it in episode one. And then I recorded a TikTok episode with updated information in March of 2020, which also had some different information. And here we are in 2023, still talking about TikTok in nearly every episode. So just goes to show how much things are constantly changing, yet still the same in this arena. TikTok, man, it has come a long way. Coins, I don't remember coins like at all. I didn't either. (laughs) Like you said that and I was like, no, that wasn't, that's not true, but apparently it is. You've recorded it. I guess, yeah. So here it is. This is what we have in store for our 100th episode. First, we have some fun facts about the podcast, but then we're going to be bringing on our husbands. Now, both husbands on the show with us to inject some fatherly perspective into brave parenting, how they stay motivated to be brave, how they do the hard work. And we're going to find out just how much they know about our media saturated culture. It's a little quiz show today, Kelly. Huh? It is going to be so much fun. Let's just hope that they didn't plot together and find out our questions and answers. So they know the answers. Yes, that would be. <laughs> You know it. And then um, we're going to finish our episode by kind of just outlining or going over where Brave Parenting is headed throughout this year and Lord willing, the years ahead. So this is going to be fun, but let's get started just with some fun Brave Parenting podcast facts before we bring on our husbands. So our shortest episode coming in at 14 minutes is episode number 35 titled Five Ways to a braver and better year. And this was released on January 24th, 2020. So curious, did your five ways work, Kelly? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) right, they were good. Don't get me wrong. But something tells me that for the most part, brave and better was washed away by the words SARS-CoV-19, remote learning, and social distancing. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad those days are over. They really, it was a, it was a good podcast. But yeah, Everything just got washed away yeah. by, the, by the pandemic. So 14 minutes is our shortest. Our longest episode was 
one hour and 37 minutes, and that is episode 79, titled It's Time to Do Something About Pornography, released on November 1st, 2022. Wow, that was a long episode, but definitely necessary. And if our listeners were still curious, that time is still now. It is still time to do something about pornography. November 2022 was not the only time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we keep on talking about it. And our most listened to episode, which I kind of was surprised because I wasn't sure exactly what to expect. It was episode number 60 titled Raising Modest Daughters. So maybe that speaks to what is most important to some of the brave parents out there. Um, Just to round out the top three, the second most listened to podcast is number 55, Smartphone Addiction and Overuse, and episode number 67, which is the You're Not Enough book review by Allie Beth Stuckey, where I had three of my high school girls that I mentor in small group at my church, and they visited on the podcast and gave some of their thoughts and ideas about the book, You're Not Enough. And so that was, it was actually a fun episode. Lots of people actually have commented about that episode. So there's that. And Chelsea, the first episode that you were on was episode number 40, which was working and schooling from home during COVID-19 back on March 20th, 2020, almost exactly three years ago. And you also came on during our Netflix series. I sort of made you watch some Netflix shows like 13 Reasons Why and Stranger Things and Riverdale so that we could discuss them. And those were episodes number 51 and 52. And another fun fact is the young woman that I interviewed on episode number 50 titled 18 and Smartphone Life, Molly was her name, and she is now actually my daughter-in-law. Her and my son were married last year at the age of 20, crushing all Gen Z stereotypes. And other than my daughter-in-law, I've had two of my children on the podcast, episode number 53, which was a review of the Babysitter Club Netflix series with my now 17-year-old daughter, Lily, and episode number 61 on the wildly popular, at least at the time, app Among Us with my son, Edward, who is now 16. Interestingly enough, my 17-year-old daughter just recently told me that that experience of walking through Babysitter's Club, every episode with a notepad of paper and a pencil, taking notes, helped her think critically in how she still does that with TV shows and movies that she watches. And my last fun fact is, it's not even fun. It's actually kind of depressing. (laughs) The worst year for Brave Parenting Podcast was 2021. We only had six podcasts come out. And sadly, we went 11 months between episodes. Uh, During that time, I launched three kids into adulthood, began working on my master's degree, and I don't know, I think I changed jobs, all kinds of stuff. I think we renovated a house. There was just lots of stuff going on, but came back at it with you, Chelsea, and it's been great. So those are some fun facts, I think. Those are awesome. They're kind of interesting. I mean... All that stuff going through COVID and thinking about where the podcast was and where it's come. Pretty neat to look back on it all. So it's almost like it's kind of like sitting down with a scrapbook for four years, which Kelly, that used to be one of your hobbies, right? Scrapbooking. (laughs) I did before in my previous life. (laughs) I think before I had kids, actually. Uh, Yeah, scrapbooking was a thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Guess what time it is. 
it is time. Y'all, you cannot even contain the excitement of our husbands right now. They are our special guests. They are amazing and they are the supportive backbones that enable Brave Parenting to do what we do. So let us welcome my husband, Ryan, Chelsea's husband, Zach, to the podcast. Okay, so Ryan has been on the show with us before, most notably explaining what ChatGPT was, right? Um, Before it first went public. But Ryan, let's have a formal introduction. So tell us who you are and what you do. I know. You're so excited to be here. Allowing us to be on the podcast today. We're super excited. Allowing? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so um, my name is Ryan Newcomb. I am Kelly's husband. And I'm getting cues now on how to talk into the microphone because apparently I've not watched her do it enough to be able to properly speak into a microphone. Um, Chelsea, did we give Ryan tips on how to breathe into the microphone properly? I don't think we did. No. Mm-mm. I'm also the editor of the Brave Parenting <laughs> Podcast and listen to every episode. Full producer. In its, its entirety. But uh, most notably, I am now a private school teacher after teaching in public education and after being a computer programmer for 18 years. And you have seven kids. Well, I figured you probably had already. Well, yeah, I guess all that stays the same, right? I mean, they've kind of been mentioned. I'm not really. <laughs> but really, Ryan, Ryan does so much for the podcast. All of our equipment, any technical issues, all of that. <laughs> he races... <laughs> He races in and he solves all of our problems. Yeah, it's and true. And every time we breathe too heavy into the microphone, and I'll just note, like if you ever listen to a podcast and there is a thousand ums or you can hear their breathing or like the spit in their mouth, all of those like creepy things that might turn you off of a podcast, Ryan fixes for us. That he does. True. He's pretty awesome that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now what a special moment. Zach. Your very first time on the podcast. Is this your first time podcasting at all? I uh, yeah, I think it is. Um, oh, it's exciting. Oh, super exciting. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> so Zach, go ahead and tell everybody who you are and what you do. All right. Um. So hi everyone. I'm Zach. I've been married to Chelsea. Chelsea's been married to me for the almost sixteen years now. We have three children together. I'm sure that's been mentioned at some point, but I mean, that's a big part of our lives. Uh, she's been with me, and as we've mar- uh, moved across the United States um, several times now, moved all around the country um, as part of my job in the military, and I work at my, at my day job as a clinical laboratory scientist, so I help run and manage a clinical laboratory in a hospital. Sounds a lot more exciting than it might actually be. Yeah, all of your body fluids go to him. That's basically what it boils down to. <laughs> and Zach, we do thank you. You are in the Air Force. Yes. 16 years now. Almost 16 years now, yeah. Yeah, in the Air Force. So we thank you for your service. All right, that's awesome. Okay, gentlemen, we're just going to start with the million-dollar question. Oh, this is a good one. Who has the best overall Wordle score? Is that what you were going to ask, Kelly? Because this is like a daily competition. (laughs) That actually wasn't what I was going to ask, but that is a good question, Chelsea. So for our listeners, we have a group text of the four of us. And every day we post our Wordle score. If you don't know what Wordle is, Chelsea's been talking about it on the podcast, I think, since the beginning. Have I? (laughs) Yeah, before I even started Wordling with you. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm so. a trendsetter in this group. Trendsetter. <laughs> <laughs> so what, who's got the better Wordle score? Is that, is that just the average? Yeah. For today, I haven't completed it yet. I'm still on word three. But overall, uh, I doubt it's me. Yeah, we're pretty sure Zach cheats. But anyway, that wasn't the question I was actually going to ask. Um, <laughs> that, that really hurts. <laughs> actually, I was going to be serious. So uh, what motivates you, Ryan and Zach? What motivates you to, or inspires you really, to just be a brave parent, you know, limiting media and technology despite the pushbacks from kids, despite the challenges posed just in culture? Because Chelsea and I aren't doing this alone. You know, both of you are very much on board we are all on the same page here, and you're a foundational part to how media and technology is handled in our respective families. So sort of like what is the driving factor that motivates you? So, Zach, let's start with you. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been a, an, a, something that's evolved over the years. I mean, smartphones came out, gosh, when... Two years after NOLA was born. Yeah. So we saw... Early on, you know, kids and toddlers with smartphones in their head, hands, and we just, we didn't think that was right. So we started with that. We just didn't, we didn't recognize that as beneficial for our kids at first. And it's been an evolving kind of way as we've learned more about why that's not a good thing. Um, we've seen the effects firsthand on kids and families as they let their children use these things and um as we've learned more about the the research that's happened that it's just really not great for kids and the more we've learned about scripture we just realized that it's become an idol in our own hearts and the hearts of others and we want to try and help our children to make sound decisions about how they direct their hearts and minds i mean with so many things i i try and teach our kids that you know things themselves aren't bad it's how we direct um, how we use them it's a tool that can be used either for good or for not good ryan what about you what motivates you to keep on fighting this good fight especially because i mean you've been fighting the influence of media and screens for like a solid decade not with just regular kids but with like with teenagers Definitely, my motivation has changed over the years. It originally started with our own children and a desire to protect them from unknown things online, uh, predators who may be out there or other individuals who may be on the internet or who strangers who might want to be contacting them and just prevent and just protecting them from the standard dangers that we all knew about when the internet and the web all was coming about as far as how it was affecting them. But then it really morphed from there into seeing how they were communicating with other teens their own age. And it really started when our daughters started texting and were then texting with boys and those boys asking them for nudes and asking them for different types of pictures and asking them inappropriate questions and realizing that this problem was much greater than just the unknown threats out there, but also how it was affecting the relationships between our kids, their friends, and their potential boyfriends out there as well. And then from there, it again morphed when I started teaching public school, when I saw the overall effect that phones were having on this latest generation and seeing how it was 
causing them to focus more on the device instead of the relationships with each other. Seeing them walking from class to class on their phones instead of talking with each other. Seeing them in class, not wanting to be engaged in class because what was going to be happening on their phone or what had happened or what notifications they were missing was more important to them than what they were learning. And that really solidified when I started teaching private school and my private school students were not allowed to have their phones from the moment that they came on campus to the moment they left campus. And seeing the change in the difference between their relationships and their desire to, their motivation in learning and their motivation with connecting with each other compared to public school, that really showed me that the effect that phones were having in school and the effect that phones are having on this generation can be toxic, if not limited in a way to protect kids from overuse and addiction. Do you see as a teacher as well that just the pho- the presence of the phone, the, the ubiquity of just the online life has decreased their desire to learn? Absolutely. It's definitely a distinct difference between students who in the public school system, their desire to engage in ed- education, their desire to learn. I don't want to say always, but they were often looking for that next dopamine hit, or they were discounting their education, thinking that they could become influencers or gamers and make a living that way instead of focusing on learning what they needed to learn in school in order to be a productive member of society, which has been much different than teaching in a private school where everyone there is very focused on the education they're receiving because they see the long-term benefits of that education. Yeah. Now, and Zach and Chelsea, you homeschool your three. So we actually have very different perspectives in the sense I, I have sent my kids to homeschool. I mean, I have sent my kids to public school and I also have had some homeschooling, but you've homeschooled right from the beginning. And I know that one of the questions that you guys often get regarding education and media and technology is how do you, do you keep your kids feeling relevant? in this world, like without any media and technology while they homeschool? How would either of you answer that? I think that being relevant, keeping up with the Joneses is a misnomer for Christians. The most relevant thing for our children is the gospel. And that is the most important thing we have to be teaching them. That is the most important thing we have to be talking about every single moment of every single day when you wake, when you rise, when you're walking along the road because I'm not parenting for their happiness and I'm not parenting for them to be relevant adults in society. I'm parenting them so that I can spend eternity with them in heaven. That's the most important thing. So if we make technology and relevancy the most important thing, then we've missed our goal in parenting. We've missed our purpose in parenting. We have to remember what is most important in parenting. And that's the gospel. That's their salvation. Eternity, that's what it boils down to. It's definitely an issue of our priorities. And the more Chelsea and I have understood that, I think it's easier for us to stay focused on what's important. Because the more we understand the truth of the gospel being most important, the easier it's for us to push back against the, you know, what would your um, youth pastor say, you know, against the, the flow of culture. Um, the other day. But we still take part in the culture. I mean, we go to 
movies and we watch TV at home. We read books together. We play games. We have um, kids constantly over at our house playing. It's still, we're, we're not being, we're not removing ourselves from the culture. We're actively taking part in it, but it's the worldview of what we're trying to pass on to our children so that they can interact with it. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. You guys are doing a great job. So, okay, guys, just a personal question, maybe. Generally speaking, how does media and tech sort of challenge you? As in, what areas do you feel requires the most amount of, say, self-control in order to set the right example in front of your children? Is there kind of a space or place where you're challenged to put your phone away or there's something you'd want to do, but you can't do it because you don't want to do that in front of the kids, gaming, you know, whatever that may be. What do you think? Okay, Ryan, let's start with you this time. Well, I would have to say that for me, my phone hasn't been a real source of addiction or a real source of uh, wanting to always be on it, primarily because I get the hand-me-down phones. So uh, I, I never get new phones. I get the hand-me-down phones. I have a really great husband who I always get the newest phone, and then he takes my old, kind of already used and abused phone. So it's, it's, it's very sweet of you. Thank you. In that, though, it's since it's older, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. Battery life isn't that great. I don't, I don't put much focus on the phone itself. Now, there are a few areas where I have seen that I have to be very intentional. Number one, I definitely like listening to podcasts and I definitely like listening to books. Our audio library is 400 plus books and many of them I'll re-listen to over and over and over again. The problem with that is always having AirPods in and always being and always listening to uh, anything that is isolating myself from our family or from others around me and knowing that I have to be intentional when I'm around other people to make sure that I have my AirPods out, not just one out, but two out so that they know that my attention is not divided between whatever I'm listening to and them, but that they have my undivided attention. Yeah, which is a really good example because nowadays kids essentially want to have AirPods in all the time. I mean, our, some of our kids would listen, have AirPods in 24-7 every, every time we're even with them. And often they'll even tell us that there's nothing playing on them right now, mm-hmm. but you never know when you're just looking at them whether or not something's playing. So I've always tried to be intentional of if I'm talking to someone to either have them completely out or in that moment where there's conversation taking them out, so that they know that I, they have my undivided attention. Yeah. And Zach, what about you? I looked at screen time probably for the first time. Maybe not the first time, but I don't, I don't normally look at screen time. And I, I spent a lot more time on the phone than I thought I did. <laughs> were, you, were you challenged to look at your screen time because you were coming on the podcast? So you knew I was going to ask? Maybe, maybe a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I use my phone a lot. I mean, I, I communicate at work a lot with it. I'm communicating with Chelsea at home during work. And I, like Brian, I listen to a lot of audiobooks and I listen to an audio version of the Bible every morning. But most of that is done outside of the house. And I think about how I use the phone inside the house in front of uh, the kids. I I probably do have it in my hand more often than I should. Um, So that's definitely something that I think 
I, I know I need to work on it. I, uh, hopefully I'm not the only one. Um, I but... guarantee you, you are, <laughs> you are not. But I know I've been more intentional over the past several months when the kids, if I'm, if I'm using my phone doing something and one of the kids comes and talks to me, I put it down right away, trying to make sure, again, that it's very intentional. And I do that at work, too. You know, I'm, if I'm writing an email or looking up something or typing in numbers and someone comes and asks me a question, I stop what I'm doing and turn away from the computer and look at them. I don't think it's necessarily specific to phones, but all technology, anything that directs your attention away from people, people need to know that you're paying attention to them in order for them to really believe what you're saying. The, the authenticity of what you're saying is directly related to how much intentionality towards them. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. It's hard to balance. And it's, I mean, I think it's across all of us, moms, dads, you name it, the utility of the phone. There's so many things that we can be doing that is very functional on it, especially as adults in front of our kids. But to them, they just play, you know, to them, it's a very much of a, maybe they're communicating, but a lot of times they're just kind of playing or watching fun stuff or being entertained. There's a need for a balance there and, and it's hard, but yeah, focusing on the human connection is so important. Okay. So we've got a couple more fun questions before we get into our quiz. Okay. So what is y'all's favorite website and why? Anyone can go first. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I actually use that many. Well, I guess websites, uh, probably Babylon B is my, my favorite to go to. <laughs> That's um, a good one. That's definitely a good one. <laughs> yeah. Free advertising for Babylon B. <laughs> surprised? I'm surprised no one's saying Wordle right now. Like I'm just like shocked. I'm just trying to be humble, you know. I'm, I'm pretty not, sure not, it is a website. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's New York Times, right? Yeah. But I was what I was thinking was not websites. I'm I think I'm probably on an app more because I use like the Wordle app and I use the Babylon B app. Oh yeah, Ryan. What about you? Mine is a little bit different in that I did think about what is my favorite website, and I realized I don't. Like Zach, I don't necessarily have a favorite website except for the websites that I'm actively working on. Those that you've that you've created. That I've created that I work on. Website babies. He's enjoying his handiwork. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. I, essentially yes, because I mean that's something that I love to do. And so like the Brave Parenting website, that is one of my favorites because I'm constantly trying to make that better. And then there's some other local business websites that I work on. Um, and then my, the, my school's website, I work on that as well, as well as my own application for the school. And so those are my favorites just because I'm very much engaged on them on a very personal level. Yeah. So you heard it here first. His favorite website is braveparenting.net. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what's your favorite podcast? <laughs> oh, certainly. The Brave Parenting podcast. I know. That's what I was. I thought I, I can't believe there was a pause and like a, a long sigh. It's okay. <laughs> you, can, you can say another podcast. I give you permission. Okay. Uh, as far as my favorite uh, podcast, I would have to say Ben Shapiro on The Daily Wire. That's a good one. Yeah. Zach, what's your favorite podcast? Oh, definitely. Definitely Brave Parenting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because we're funny. I think we're funny too. <laughs> I don't think our husbands think we're funny. I know. Okay, so... Y'all are hilarious. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of Apple screen time, if y'all open up that, it'll tell you the top three places that you are spending most of the time on your screen, on your phone. So I'll be transparent. Mine, I've checked it over the past four weeks, and my number one is text messages. 
I spend like yeah. six or seven hours a week, not a day, but a week on text messages. My number two is Apple Fitness. That's not a shocker. You, you folks don't know what it's like to work with Kelly. I wake up in the morning and she's like, I ran a 5K, I wrote a book, <laughs> and I also finished all of my master's homework. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I really like Apple Fitness. I'm just saying. They've got great workouts on there. I get her 5K medals all the time. I, I am a ring <laughs> closer. I like to do that. Okay, so that's my number two. And my number three <laughs> is Apple News. I do pay for the subscription to Apple News. And so that's often how I keep up to date. And that's how we you know, find our articles for Worldview Wednesday. So instead of scrolling the social media, I often just scroll the news, sadly, which it is sad, actually. <laughs> the news is very often sad, but. Those are my top three. Okay, who who's going to share next? I'll go next. So my top three are Audible is my number one, just due to listening to books and how much time that takes. Podcast is my number two. And then my number three varies depending on what I am currently doing. It could be anything from Maps to Wordle to Quora, the one social media platform I'm on probably the most. But it, the number three just depends on what I am primarily active that week doing. I would like to note that text messages is not up there. When I text, I don't get responses. Nobody does. Aww. <laughs> it's okay. I know his number. So, like, in our group text message, do you get more messages from him on our group text message than you do? Like? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, usually so. 100%. Very true. All right. What about you guys? Um, let's see. I'm consistently using the internet browser as my number one over the last couple of weeks. Um, and I use DuckDuckGo. Number two, three, four, and five all kind of alternate. And as I was digging into this yesterday, I told Chelsea earlier, I, I don't think screen time is counting the apps that are running in the background because I listen to uh, the app that I used to listen to my Bible is not listed anywhere. And that's a couple hours every week that aren't tracked. The the apps that I use to listen to books as I'm driving and commuting to and from work and, you know, waiting for appointments and things, those aren't tracked at all. And but they're just kind of running in the background. So it's it's disingenuous to say that, you know, I'm not listening to things. <laughs> um, bad on you, screen time. Um, but like number two last week was uh, Waze, the driving app, because I was I was out of town working. And then like this week we got paid. So I was in our budgeting app. Uh, for a whole bunch yeah um and then the week before number three was the new york times crossword app chelsea and i spent a lot of quality time in the phone in front of the phone together playing the crossword we do <laughs> pretty much rock the crossword to be quite honest i'm up there with text messages i have well i just have a ton of people not a ton of people not to make me sound like fancy or like a known like a wanted person but we I get a lot of text messages bougie yeah <laughs> I do get a lot of text messages, but that's because I'm also working like as an independent counselor right now in my church. I'm also um, doing a whole bunch of things with homeschool. I've got brave parenting and whatnot. So my text messaging truly relates to productivity. And then other than that, it's my web browser because this is what happens, folks. Kelly will say something. She'll share something with me in a, I don't know, a news article or something. And the next thing you know is I'm on a rabbit trail trying to find all the other news articles that relate to it or any other studies or 
surveys, psychological reviews, anything that I can find related to whatever she's just sent me a news article on. So I blame Kelly for all of oh. my, <laughs> my web browsing. It's fine. I'll take the blame. But I'm not using DuckDuckGo, so everything that I'm doing can be seen. All right. That's awesome. We appreciate you guys being just forthcoming and, and honest in that. And I think that that's helpful. Hopefully, any dads we have listening. I don't know if we have dads listening. Actually, I do know dads who listen. I know, I know young people who listen, too. People at work. I mean, maybe they just do it so that they can be nice to me and say, oh, yeah, I listened to that, Kelly. But nonetheless, there are guys who listen. So hopefully that is encouragement to them. But what's going to be an encouragement is this quiz. <laughs> <laughs> So that uh, everybody your age-ish won't feel bad that they don't know anything <laughs> about <laughs> pop culture. All right. So this is the portion of the show where we ask you questions and either of you can answer. There is not a formal scoring system. There's not a public school failing version. <laughs> are, are there sound effects? No, I have been asking for a soundboard for like months. And mm-hmm. recently, it is just getting more intense that I need the, the soundboard. Yeah. Now, I'm going to leave that up to our production manager, but I'm just saying. I think it would be dangerous to give Chelsea access to a soundboard. <laughs> That's why I've been vetoing that request. All right. Okay, so question number one, Ryan and Zach. Name a viral TikTok challenge. Oh, there was the, the, the blackout challenge. And then there was a Tide Pod one, and there's other ones. <laughs> Boom. I give up. Is that points or negative points? Uh, Zach listed two. So. There, there was that one, that getting out of your car and walking, one, like taking a video, like you're the driver getting out of the car and like you're walking next to your car. Wasn't oh, that yeah. One? I, yeah, that, I, that was probably considered a challenge. Yeah. Remember the plank challenge? Remember when everyone was planking like in random places? Wow, that was a long time ago. Like super long time ago. I asked this question at work yesterday and they brought up the broom challenge. Apparently women, if you hold a, a, a broom, like, you know, your normal like house broom, women can climb over it, like hold it down in front of you, like kind of, you know, you, you bend over, you put your feet over it. Women can do that. But apparently there's like muscles in men's abdomen that you can't actually do it okay i'm gonna try this i know <laughs> i had never heard Where's of this the broom <laughs> i never Is heard this of this before challenge. or after i ate my fruit in the shower <laughs> you guys i need this is the time i need to tell you that after the worldview wednesday or whatever episode it was that we chelsea asked me if i was eating oranges in the shower i need our listeners to know that the next day I came into my bathroom and there was a decorative bowl of cuties <laughs> sitting right next to the shower. And in the trash can was the peels. <laughs> I thoroughly tested that belief that they're better in the shower. I, did, I could not taste the difference. You heard it here, folks. Ryan, you said you didn't know any viral TikTok challenges, but you participated in one. <laughs> I didn't know that was a viral TikTok challenge. I learned about it from you. Yeah, we talked about it being a viral challenge oh. Or, oh, or trend. We said it was a trend. A trend. Challenge, whatever. Oh, um, my gosh. I, I think tears. I laughed for three days about yeah. those oranges, those cuties <laughs> next to the shower. Where were we? Okay. The broom. 
<clears throat> Maybe we'll talk about that at another time. We're going to try that after we record. All right. Uh, okay, men. What is the street name for Instagram? The Graham. I was thinking Doug Graham, but um, <laughs> I, I really don't know. Insta. IG. I would have taken IG. Finsta? Or is that something specific? Finsta is something. <laughs> it's, you like say your, it better. it's like your fake Instagram. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Okay. I would have taken uh, gr- the gram or gram or IG as an answer. So you guys. Oh, would've... so we said both. We yeah, said, yeah, you got, got it. it all. You got it all. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Multiple choice. Which of the following is a popular TikTok dance? A, the Cupid Shuffle. B, the Renegade. C, the Wobble. Or D, the Thrasher. Can I call a friend? Okay, so we know that it's not A or C because those have been around longer than TikTok. Oh, yeah, of course. So it's not the Wobble and it's not, uh, what was the Cupid Shuffle? What was the other yeah. one? Yeah, we know it's not those. So it's either I'm leaning towards Thrasher or Renegade, was it? I'm leaning towards yeah. D, Thrasher. All right, if he's going D, I'm going B, Renegade. Well, you, gotta get, you guys got to decide on the same. We do? No, we, you didn't establish that as a rule ahead of time. <laughs> Overruled. Okay, fine. You can vote, vote separately. Zach, you say Thrasher? Yes. Ryan, Final you answer. say Renegade? Yes. Ryan wins. It is the Renegade. It's a team effort. And <laughs> bonus points if you can tell me who made it popular. I don't even know what it is. Cricket. Cricket. Soundboard. Chelsea, do you know? I actually don't know this one, no. Charlie D'Amelio. She's like the TikTok uh, queen. I would say, I don't know, whatever. The first, like, viral TikTok person. Yeah. If you saw the dance, you'd be like, oh, yeah, 2020. You'll think. Is it a Fortnite dance? Yes, Did exactly. they put it in Fortnite? I don't know if that's a Fortnite dance. These are, I just have to be honest. I didn't know all these. I had to look them up. <laughs> 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 so if you don't know, that's okay. Um, okay, this is a fun one. What is the most popular breed of dog on TikTok? Garnishing 9.2 billion views gotta be a cat no breed of dog is this multiple (laughs) choice or do we have to guess a breed of dog you have to Um, just guess a breed of dog i'm gonna guess it's some sort of yorkie and i'm gonna give ryan a clue Uh, no 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 no. i'm thinking is it like that shibu oh i'm gonna give ryan a clue there is currently one in our house right now lab Um, I don't even know what they, those dogs are. Our oldest son and uh, our daughter-in-law are in town, and they brought their dogs. And I'm pretty sure that one of those dogs is a golden retriever. Oh, yeah. That's the answer. All right, Chels, take, give him the next question. Okay. What is the name of the cat that holds the Guinness World Record for most followers on Grumpy Insta. cat. Oh, he Grumpy got cat. it. Yeah. You, you yeah. sent that I mean, meme in our Wordle uh, text thread the other day. Oh, I oh, did, didn't Grumpy I? Cat. Yeah. Grumpy cat, yeah. Yeah. Is there another cat? But Grumpy cat's dead now. I know. That was so sad. Yeah. Yes. I didn't realize he was dead. Okay. He lives forever on Insta. What does goat mean? Oh, I hear this all the time at school. You oh, take Zach? this one, Ryan. Zach, do you know it? Um, It's... Like the older form of cabrito, isn't it? What? <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> what? The, of Dorito? 
burrito. Cabrito. Oh, a burrito. No, yeah. no, no. Cabrito. <laughs> a cabrito. I don't even know. What's a cabrito? It's baby goat. <laughs> oh, this should be on video instead. It's greatest no, right, of all time. Greatest of oh, all time. Yeah. The goat. I do knew that, but I don't use that. So. Oh, man. That's quite common. And in there's school. no context. I need, I need context. <laughs> I, I need so. context. Okay. Use it in a sentence. <laughs> Brave Parenting Podcast is goat. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, next question. What does, and I'm going to spell it and say it, lols mean when sent in a text message? And that's spelled L U L Z. Define the word. No, I'm asking you. What does it mean? Can you use it in a sentence? She just did. (laughs) I did it for the lulls. I didn't ask you to use it in a sentence. No, but he did, so I'm using it in a sentence. (laughs) Is that used correctly? That I'm pretty sure that's used correctly because what does it mean, Ryan? I mean, it looks, it sounds, and looks like laugh, like laugh out loud, so like the laughs. Yeah, if I was to define it, and this is based on a book that I well listened to read. That was talking about when the at Matt Twitter handle was stolen and the person responded that he did it for the lulls. And I took that to mean basically bored humor, like basically I'm bored and I'm trying to do something for the laughs or do something for fun. Yeah. So you're both that right. right. You're both right. It's not necessarily the boredom, but it's just multiple laugh out louds. So like what we're doing on this podcast. We oh, are. We're lulzing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you put the oranges by the shower, there was we were, there was lulls. Okay. There All was right. Lots of laugh Ryan out loud. I did it for the lulls. <laughs> I, did, I didn't realize that that's what that meant. I always just thought it was the whole. Um, I'm doing something for the laughs, but. Yeah, but it's multiple laughs. It's not like, huh? That was funny. It's like I keep laughing about it. Maybe. Like, I'm doing it for the R-O-F-L, the rolling on the floor laughing. Like, I'm doing it for that. Uh, yeah. R-O-T-F-L-O-L. I'm just thinking of the Weird Al song. <laughs> Don't you know I'm white and nerdy? <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. If someone says they DM'd you, what did they do? Direct messaged. They sent me a direct message. Okay, good. Okay, game. now yeah. here, here's, that, that's one, not in. here's one for the ladies. If someone oh. slides into your DM, what does that mean? It doesn't mean they like. Does that mean they hit on you or something? I don't know. I think it just means the same thing. It's, I don't know. I, I actually I heard it in a <laughs> podcast, so I was curious if you knew. So you can. It's on different platforms. A direct message can be sent even if you're not friends and stuff. So I think I would assume. I, I can't say I'm 100 percent accurate. That it's just like they're, it's just DMing you. It's just another way that they're saying it. Uh, no, I think it's got a specific, I think it's got a more specific meaning than that. I'm not sure, but. Keyboards are typing. Okay. I just Googled it. It says to slide into DMs is online slang for sending someone a direct message on social media slickly and coolly, often for romantic purposes. Okay. This is hopefully you don't know this, but maybe you do. Name the member of the band One Direction, who has had a sec- successful solo career and likes to dress like a woman. I can name the band One Direction. I know they're a band. <clears throat> I, I do know the answer to this one. I know the answer to this one because I was at Planet Fitness and his video <laughs> came up on the screen and he was 
prancing around. And his name is Harry Styles. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of happy I don't know that. Yeah. I almost spit out my coffee. <laughs> now, that being said, I actually, I do know that we have uh, Simon Cowell to blame for his uh, stardom because he was first on, uh, was it British Got Talent or something like that with Simon Cowell? Because I watched that a while ago because he was on another podcast where they were talking about him on another podcast. I was just like, how did he become a thing anyways? Oh, he just did a movie or something. And uh, I saw it was because of Simon. I once wasted an hour and a half of my life watching the One Direction movie at the movie theater with our daughters. Oof. They had a movie? That's rough. They did. But I, um, I purposefully... Fell asleep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they still got your money. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. What is a snap trap? Hmm. So I just had to do cybersecurity awareness training for my job, and it sounds like something with um, Snapchat that is a trap to to lure you into, like clickbait. Oh yeah, that... something something nefarious or evil. Or evil. <laughs> I'm going with Zach's answer. A Snapchat, a snap trap. Say is that a... three times. <laughs> yeah, is a snap that you send to someone to see if they're. Ignoring you or ghosting you. How does that work? Like they open it and don't respond. They leave you on red. Oh, so you can see that they opened it, but you can see also see that they didn't do anything. Yeah. And what's the purpose of a snap trap? So it's like when people have their iMessage turned on to see when you read when they read it and like they didn't saw they read it and they didn't respond. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But it's over Snapchat. So I don't speak Snapchat. I mean, I would rather learn Klingon first. (laughs) All right, Chelsea, give them the last question. Okay. Last question, gentlemen. What does it mean when someone says that they are cuffed? C-U-F-F-E-D. Cuffed. Use it in a sentence. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I said this at work. I gave this question at work, and my, like, 21-year-old technician was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm trying to think of exactly how she said it. Without giving away the answer. Mm. I mean, you would basically say to a friend, you know, yeah, I'm cuffed. I'm <laughs> I don't know how to use it in a sense without giving away the answer. Like, does this have I mean, to do with anything of legality, like being handcuffed? Other than the obvious implications of, you know, like Ryan said, you know, actual handcuffs for you've done something wrong. It almost sounds like, what is that British word? Like chuffed? Like they're so happy. <laughs> He's read Harry Potter one too many times, folks. <laughs> it's like the American, you know, they just take the H out of it. You give up? I give up. So being cuffed to at least the 20-year-old, 21-year-old definition is that you're like in a relationship. Oh, I was going to go there. That's what I was going to say, yeah. But you're not like willing to say that you're in a relationship because th- those words in a relationship is actually too serious. So to be cuffed is like, you know, I'm with them. I got someone. I got someone. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, I think, the, the wording that my... Ball and chain. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, really? So they've yeah, got sorry. someone they're a little serious about. You know, they're kind of maybe exclusive. They're not dating other people, but they're not going to, like, change their status to, like, in a relationship. Gotcha. But, but they're alluding to that they're physically attached to them. Yeah. Like, it, but, they got someone. 
Yeah. <laughs> so how did we do? Well, I actually think I think you did uh, pretty good. Ooh, that that's bad, right? I I didn't actually calculate it. Um, Zach, kind of, you didn't know what goat meant. I'm not. Well, that kind of like is a I, minus I do, five. I do, I do know that what that means. But all I could think of was like food. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely give you guys a passing score. Is good job. Good thing. Um, I mean, I, I tried to give you guys some easy stuff. Yeah. So excellent. Well, gentlemen, so fun to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Our pleasure. Yeah, definitely, definitely a pleasure being here. It's fantastic. <laughs> Recommend the experience. <laughs> You're the best. Aww. You're the goat, Kelly. <laughs> no, the Brave Parenting Podcast is, which is just all of us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so our last section here, we want to talk about just where Brave Parenting, the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we're going over the rest of this year, throughout the years ahead, like Chelsea said, God willing. Whatever doors the Lord opens for us, we are hopefully just willing and able to walk through them. And one of them is consulting. We regularly hear from parents who are sometimes in desperate need of just conversation, consultation, direct help in setting up, whether that be boundaries for their children, setting up parental controls. Um, They're in need of help walking back stuff that they've allowed. And oftentimes that's in a moment of crisis, you know, what I call in, in the book, Managing Media, Creating Character, a media storm, those moments where you find your, that your child has been doing something online or they've broken some major rule and you sort of can't see straight, can't see through the storm to the other side. Well, we are going to make ourselves available for immediate or scheduled phone or video consultations. I think this is a really great step for our listeners and those who follow the Brave Parenting podcast, because we receive emails from parents in these situations. And sometimes emails can get lost in the shuffle of business and honestly life because Brave Parenting isn't our full-time job. We wish it could be, but what we want to be able to do is to meet the needs of parents in just a more practical and efficient way. So the consultation feature will soon be live on the website. So be on the lookout for that yourself or for a friend that you know who might need um, parenting advice or biblical wisdom, or just prayer for how to handle a certain situation. Um, Or if they need tangible step-by-step help with technical issues related to setting up controls and limits. So we are just trying to make ourselves more available, um, quicker, easier. And yeah, I'm really excited about this next step, Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. We're already kind of doing it. And so this just kind of makes it like, again, streamlines it, makes it a little more efficient um, for everybody. Another thing that we're working on and just very excited about, Chelsea and I are working on some church, some small group. Uh, We're going to use it for a webinar, some curriculum that is essentially a four-part teaching session on social media and the gospel, social media and like apologetics, how social media really impacts our walk with Christ and how it impacts the truth that we believe about the gospel and we're just super excited about I, this. I think this is going to be so practical and so helpful because it's challenging us to really thread out in detail what it looks like to apply a biblical worldview to current media issues. But of course, um, for those who listen and pray for us, we could definitely use prayer because we just want to be lavished in God's wisdom and insight um, using his word to create this um, four-part teaching series. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Absolutely. We, we definitely would cherish your prayers. And uh, we're going to, we're piloting this right now at a church, and then we're going to offer it over Zoom to start mm-hmm. off with. And then hopefully, um, as we continue to work on that, improve that, streamline that, we will be able to offer that as small group curriculum to churches as well. Yep. And then um, probably the scariest thing that we're doing in the near future is video podcasts. I don't even, that's going to require hair and. (laughs) Right. So right now, obviously we are audio only. So that means uh, our times of recording at four in the morning, sometimes my time. (laughs) That means we're going to have to look okay. That means we're. It's true. Now we are women, so that you know these are our biggest concerns. Meanwhile, Ryan is behind the scenes working out all of the technical details in order to have video podcasts that that are able to go to platforms such as YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can watch that. There's just a a big niche there of video podcasts that a lot of people like to watch and not just listen. And so we just want to be able to meet those needs as well and. We have a lot of exciting guests lined up um, over the next year, and a lot of them do video podcasts. And so in order to, I don't know, I guess that we're just staying relevant, keeping up. Yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses. Is that with, what we're doing, Kate? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we are, um, our schedule is opening up for speaking events for the summer and the fall of 2023. So if you have a, your church or your private school or any other type of group that you would like to have Brave Parenting come speak, we can do that in person. We can do that over Zoom. If you're in a wonderful beach, warm location and you would like that now while it's still cold, we would be glad to jump on a plane. and Definitely. We travel well. And generally, we travel in style, too, folks. So, I mean, ah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you can fill out. Um, there's a form on braveparenting.net in order to start looking into that. We can work with you, what your church or what your school may need. We have some events coming up here um, in the near future. But we'd love to get you on our calendar as well. And our final thing that we have coming up this year that we're excited about, I don't have an exact release date, but that is the audio book of Managing Media Creating Character. I have gone through, it's the five-year anniversary of its publication. I have gone through and I have updated and made relevant changes to reflect the nature of culture five years later from the original time that it is written. So the audio book will be a 2023 updated version. And so that will be coming out sometime this year. That's exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. Yeah, very excited. We've had lots of people over the years ask for that audiobook, And so we've been able to make it happen. And the updates are helpful as well. There actually wasn't, I really did try and write the book so that it would be timeless, but there's just some things that you have to talk about and some things have changed and Actually, a lot of things have changed in the past five years, but some things, you know, the core foundation of why we're doing Brave Parenting, to raise them for the biblical worldview, to do the hard work of not just making them happy, but building character, that's never changing. That is never going to change. So just some of the technology has changed. So that's kind of where we're going. It's exciting. It is exciting. Lord willing, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And so we thank you, all of our listeners who uh, tune in every week. And hopefully we just really pray that you are encouraged. You find the guidance, the biblical wisdom, the tech knowledge that you need. That is our goal. Always feel free to reach out to us if there is a topic, if there is an app, if there is a trend that is going on on the internet through media and technology that we have not touched on. You can email us at podcast at braveparenting.net and we would definitely research that and bring that to y'all's attention here on the podcast. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast. We will see you again next week for episode 101 triple digits. See you next time.